it's a, it's a party. And eventually we're going to actually do a podcast, and it's going to be pretty great, and everyone's going to love it. Oh, 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 no. Oh, ice has been thrown onto my desk. It is now melting and gaining volume. It is sloshing all across my desk. It is like the film 2012 with the floods, and they are. it is just flying everywhere. If you're listening on the audio version, it, I might sound like I'm underwater now because of all the water that has come from this ice cube that is on my desk is flying all over the place. I'm I'm basically swimming across my room. Oh no, oh, I'm gonna drown. Ah. This is the show that we're doing and it's really, really good. Yeah. Welcome to the show. It's a show. Wow, what a great open. What a great open. Uh, so we're here today uh, to talk about a movie, uh, like we do sometimes. But first. Oh, but, but first. first. Bam. <clears throat> yeah. What's first, up? we're gonna talk about the news. We got some hot, hot scoops. Hot scoops. Hot scoops. Oh. As opposed to to cold scoops. Okay. Uh, moving on. Oh, <laughs> cold scoops. Very funny. Um, first of all, start on a somber note. Um, Fred Willard, comedy yeah. TV man, has passed away. I don't remember how old he was. I did not write that down. But he was in a lot of uh, TV shows for a long time. And uh, he was in a couple episodes of a community yeah, as uh, maybe. an alternate version of Pierce <laughs> oh, in yeah, a dream sequence. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what that is. Don't really know his work that well, but I've seen him in stuff for sure. Um, right. Moving on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, here's a cool one that you might be uh, morally ambivalent. Words are working. Yes. You might be interested in this. Mandalorian, the TV yeah. show, stars mm-hmm. the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal, all of that. It does. Yeah, that's um, correct. Season two, a lot of so news far. slowly coming out. The news, yep. the newest news, is that basically they are bringing back every character in Star Wars canon for season two. Um, we nice. are going to be getting Ahsoka Tano. We are going to be getting Bo-Katan. We are going to be getting Boba Fett. All of all these right. people. With Tamura Morrison returning in the role. Now as his son, Boba Fett. Okay. Previously okay. played Jango Fett. Um, and Timothy Oliphant has also been cast in a mystery role. We don't know what he is going to be. He's been right. in a lot of stuff. He, For me, I most recognize him from... Modern Warfare 2, he was one of the voices in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. But uh, what do you you make of this? Because I'm a little bit worried by all of this returning character news. It feels like uh, they were like, oh, you guys guys want Ahsoka? Hey, what about all these other, you like, you like this one? Let's give them, let's, let's do this one too. Oh, sure. let's throw this, that one. Oh, you got that one? Yeah, why not? Put them in there. It's either going to be that or it's going to be done in a really good way. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's, it's, a, just, it's a show, so it's a different medium. There might be more opportunities and different stories to tell that like make it all make sense because the writing was very good in the first season. Yeah. So unless a lot changed, then cool. I'm, I'm excited to see live action Ahsoka because we've never, we've never seen that. There's no canon it was supposedly going to be Rosario Dawson, but then she came out and said that she hadn't been in talks or something. It's not right. entirely clear. But the woman, uh, Katie Sackhoff, who voices Bo-Katan, 
is going to be coming back to play her. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting and makes me wonder if the girl whose name I can never remember, um, Ashley Eckstein, I think, who voices Ahsoka, if she would come back and do that as well because she right. totally could. I could yeah, see it 100%. Yeah, no, that interesting. Yeah, I, I like that. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we, we can talk about it when the, when it happens. It'll be back on the on this segment of news. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's our hot take on that. That's for sure. The other thing that people are bringing up, too, is that, you know, obviously Boba Fett, Jango Fett. Jango Fett was the template for all of the clones. Right. So, maybe Captain Rex. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Maybe Captain Rex. So maybe Timura Morrison isn't just playing Boba Fett. Maybe he's also clones that have survived the purge or something. Maybe he's another returning character from Rebels. I could see them doing that, yeah, definitely. I mean, Boba's the same as as Jango, so. Yes? What does that mean? Like, like they look the same. They are the same person. Oh, that's true, because he's a clone of him. Yeah. Like, literally, it's just, okay. (laughs) I was like, like, what do you mean they're the same? (laughs) No, well, like what I'm saying clones. is they're the same. So, you know, I mean, so would Rex. So you could do that pretty easily. And they, like, if you look at the behind the scenes or, like, how they're making it, it's mm-hmm. all about, like, efficiency. So I could see them doing, uh, you know, a story like that where they could literally, like, pursue five or six different things with, like, you know, a small, like, literally one cast member and then mm-hmm. do some crazy VFX to put, you know, duplicate them and put some heads somewhere where they don't need to be and... I guess I don't know. Movie I magic. just I get concerned because the first season was built off of all of these original characters. I don't think there was right. a single returning character in The Mandalorian, was there? I I don't think so either. But I wonder if that also like almost held it back. Like I feel like I don't you know. know you I don't... think it did so well building off of these new original things. It was fr- for right. me refreshing to not have like the crutch of like oh, well, we've got Ahsoka Tano in the background and she comes in and fights Darth Vader for a few minutes and then we move on. And that's the reason you watch the show and now you're going to go watch these other people for a long time. Like, I'm interested in Din Djarin, you know, and and Grief Karga or whatever. Like, I I want to know what happens to these guys. I'm glad that they're at least, like, innovating, though, because a lot of shows get stale. Like, if you look at, like, the whole, like, Game of Thrones thing, which I think is the closest comparison to this Mm -hmm. in a way like you know that by the end of it they were they got it got stale it was kind of the same old same old and i think if they have like such overarching plans as they probably do with this show like sure if you look at it with the current body of work with like what's going to be two seasons it might seem like they're jam-packing a lot of stuff in there but we could see that you know they're just setting up a bunch of storylines for down the road and it's more of like a future play instead of like a you know right now the most entertaining thing which you know john favreau being the director and being involved with marvel and the whole disney thing there i feel like they're going to try actively to do the same thing of like building like a character that everyone likes and then Mm -hmm. being able to do spin-off shows and characters with that and then bring them all back together in like some sort of movie or you know longer form piece of content so and it could be like the mandalorian is that for all these other like sub stories because you have like the obi-wan show coming next so it's like where are these all going to fit in with each other you know what i mean like is this just just the beginning of something that's a lot bigger so it makes sense you know whereas we're just looking at it as just the mandalorian right now so yeah, I mean we'll we'll see how that goes down the road, but that's that's my only thought with that is it, you know either it's a long play or it's going to be a quick cash grab of like look at all these characters we have Disney Plus is so cool Mandalorian season two sell a bunch of Disney Plus you know it kind of depends mm-hmm. which direction it goes 
Yeah, I mean, with how short the episodes are, like, we forget. Like, they did not feel very long. Like, they were no. hardly even a half hour for a lot of those eight episodes. Right. And yeah. I just don't know how they could possibly give all of these returning characters any time in the spotlight. There was barely the enough to build up, like, yeah to build up like the main character because it's not like a star wars rebels where it's 20 minute episodes but you have like 24 of them per season right you got eight episodes what are you going to do with them but you look at the clone wars too and they what they're really doing is setting up the the the, like the siege of mandalore so it could be that they're just exploring the siege of mandalore and all of those people are part of that battle because I i think if i'm not mistaken that's a pretty big i mean i don't know who's like involved in the siege of mandalore or anything like beside like in other canon or anything like that but I feel like it's a pretty monumental battle. Like, it's referenced to a lot, especially with the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So Ahsoka was in, was there with them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I hope the it's The whole good. setup. That's what I say yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, next piece of news. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 are being remade. They look incredible. I they, am insanely they excited. I'm excited. Yeah, oh I can't wait to play, with, play that with the boys. That's going to be a yes, fun one. Yes, the online multiplayer is going to be incredible. They got all the skaters from the original game to come back and do, like, 3D motion capture stuff yeah, again. Yeah, I think that's what's cool. I mean, it's it literally, it's what the fans wanted, and mm-hmm. you don't get that a lot. It's it's a straight remaster, basically, but, like, improved in all of what looks like the right ways. Like, I mean, it's you know, more of a remake. animations. Right, because they I'm pretty saying. much had only like the base code of it from NeverSoft, because right. NeverSoft doesn't exist anymore. So they yeah. had to almost build this thing from the ground up. That's what I'm saying, and they did it the right way, though. They stayed true to like the original, and they didn't like try to make it something that it wasn't. They just were like, "Hey, here's the original, and let's bring it up to today's standards." Like, what mm-hmm. would this game have been like if it launched today? Like every gamer's like, you know, question about any game where it's like, "Oh, what if you know, uh, what what's the 007 game?" The Gold I, I don't know. Yeah, Goldeneye 007, like, what if that was released today, you know? Like, instead of, if it was released today and a lot of studios took it, they would be like, okay, add some microtransactions in, let's do this, let's do that. Not saying it doesn't have that, but, mm-hmm. you know, they would be, they'd have a different agenda with it. Whereas, you know, this is like, let's just rebuild the game and make it as good as we can. Yeah. So that's what I feel like, that's why I'm excited about it, because it just feels like a passion project more than like a money grab or a reboot of a franchise. Hopefully it's as good as it looks. It's being made by the same people who remade uh, the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, and that was okay. apparently a fantastic remake. Um, right. So I have, I have great hope for this. I also hope that we get some secret characters like the original games had. Uh, right. Licensing would be a very interesting, weird thing, though it might be hard for them to get Spider-Man and Darth Maul this time. Yeah, we'll see what they do. Maybe they, uh, you know, we need some new stuff, some new, some new icons. Can you imagine, though, playing as Darth Maul in this game or playing as, like, <laughs> MCU Spider-Man in this game? That would be kind of wild. That'd be crazy. It's the such a staple of skating games, too, because, like, even, yeah. like, Skate 3, you can play as Isaac Clark from the Dead Space games. You can play well, as a slab of minute, meat. Though. Think about it, though. Like, both of those properties are owned by Disney. Yeah, but, I mean, Tony Hawk's Pro like, Skater is not. Yeah, but, like, I mean, like, what... I don't know where I was going with that. I thought somehow they were all owned by Disney. Whatever. Disney owns everything. Art is a lie. Yeah. There is no choice. Mm. Next uh, piece of news. Us to the, oh. I have okay. two pieces of news left. That was a good segue to the movie, to be honest. Oh, well, that's a lie. Hamilton is being released on Disney Ew. Plus with the original cast in July. Cool. I'm excited yeah, I'm about this. I'm a kid that knows Hamilton. I have never like listened to the music in Hamilton. I've never, except for like the one that everybody has heard portions of. 
Right. Uh, the I'm not giving away my shots. <laughs> that something. I'm just like my country. I'm something, and I'm hungry. That one. You know what I'm talking about? Kind of. I I just have actively stayed away from anything to do with Hamilton <laughs> okay. for a long time. Because <laughs> Ben doesn't want to like popular things. No. I yes. Just don't. No, it's it's it, yes. I, I will admit it. And other disagreeing things I said with on this me is just proving before. my point. No, 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 no. Hold on. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I just hate Hamilton because it, it looks dumb. I, I'd be honest. If I hated it because it was popular, I would say that it is. It looks really stupid. I yeah, don't it looks cool. Um, but it's being released with the original cast Personally, and everything. I'm sure it's on, a great thing. Uh, in July, and I'm really interested to see what that is because I was sure as hell never going to go and see it because that's impossible. And the, yeah. you can't see it with the original cast now anyway, because they are not doing it anymore. They're dead. They all died. They all died. Then Manuel Miranda, David Diggs, they're all dead. Every single one. Buried, um, done with, that's over. Yep. Uh, final piece of news. There's a Scarface remake in the works, uh, which has been a thing for a while, but it now has a director in uh, Luca Guadagino. Guadagni. Luca Guadagnino. This is the guy who directed Call Me By Your Name, which I have not seen. I've right. heard pe- that people really love this movie. I've also heard that people think that it is extremely boring. Right. I don't know. I don't really have interest. But I will yeah. watch a Scarface movie, especially because it is apparently, the current script has apparently been penned by the Coen brothers. Interesting. I'll, yeah, I'll watch it. We can yeah. we can talk about it. Why not? Have you seen Scarface, the first one? No. Neither have I. We'll talk about it. Sometime. Great. We'll watch it sometime. Good news. Good news. Uh, that's my last news. We're hey, very familiar with this news. That's my last news. That's okay. all the news that I've got. The new, the, all, the, all of them. All of my news. Okay. That's the only movie news. Right. But what if there's other kinds of news out there? <laughs> Are you what talking if, about what if there's more news that is specific to a certain locale, to a certain address? What if, yeah, which I'm not gonna say. Don't don't yeah. Let's not let's not put our address on the internet. What? Um, Who says it's our address? That's a great point, but it could it's be. It's just a theoretical kind of news that might exist out there. Yeah, you know, we could call it like apartment news. It might be apartment news. Uh, tell me about it. I don't know. Did anything happen since the last time we? I don't know, man. This is I your segment. Nothing. This is your apartment uh, news. I mean, I don't know. I made some. Don't food. fail That's the loyal listeners. It. Okay, here's one thing I did. Uh, you know, uh, I made some marinated chicken, uh, mm. which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, I gave Marshall a bite. I think he thought it was pretty good too. I had a good time. Uh, so just, you know, a little educational segment for you guys. Um, those of you that may have an apartment and may be cooking, you know, your own meals and whatnot. Uh, you know, the basic ingredients to any sort of marinade, you got to have some oil in there. Uh, you also need to have some, uh, I don't know if it's balsamic vinegar. Oh no, apple cider vinegar. And the reason you do that is to, it's an acid, there's acid in it. So you can, you can open up the meat and then that, that flavoring, it goes inside of it. And it, and it flavors it all up. And you want to have some sugar in there so that when you cook it, it caramelizes nice on the outside and it's nice and crunchy or not crunchy. That, that can kind of be mm, the amount of crunchy sugar Crunchy caramelization. Right. Uh, that's what, you know, it's, it's the caramelization of sugar, which uh, gives it a nice sweet taste, a nice savory taste as well. Um, and then, you know, you, you put some other seasonings in there to your taste. Personally, all I did was put some 
uh, apple cider vinegar, uh, some Worcestershire sauce, and uh, some jerk chicken. Worcestershire uh, sauce? And I put the chickens in that bag. I, I mixed them up. I left them in the fridge for like uh, overnight, and then I made them for lunch, and it was really good. And that's how you too could make uh, a chicken marinade. Wow. Chicken Apartment marinade. news. Apartment news. That's the new yeah. theme song. Okay, sounds good. There's a new theme song every week for All Apartment right, News. L- l- <laughs> that's true. L- let's get into the movie. I'm excited to let's talk Let's get about into it. the movie. So this week, this week, let me tell you, let me tell you, we spent a long time not knowing what we were going to watch for this week of the podcast. That's and very, then, very uh, true. And then we watched a movie, and yep. it is also a book. Which you don't know because you haven't read the title. You don't know what movie it is. That's my bit. Um, <laughs> no, it's mine. I always say that. Well, I always say that, uh, that it's a surprise movie, and then you always point out that they obviously don't know because they haven't read it. I just beat you to the punch it. this time. I'll beat you with my punch because we watched Fight Club, and it's oh. all about fighting and punching. So let you me see, tell you about good it. Good transitions, dude. We're, we got so much podcast chemistry, dude. We're, we're, such, we're so good at this. Time to get seven beat epi- up. Wait, is this six or seven? Seven, I think. Seven episodes in, man. The holy number. We're freaking, we're coming out here. Time to beat you up with my good punches, and you're not even going to know that they're coming because. Uh, th- thank you. Here it is. Because they may or may not be real, but we'll get there. Um, so, so the Marshall, this is this is. An, uh, I want to point this out before okay, go we for uh, it. before we get into this. Yeah, enjoy your moment. I I have seen this movie before, mm-hmm. and Marshall hadn't seen it. I had not. So it's a first on the. It's a first of the uh, on the podcast. This is the first time I think that's happened. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I just want to put that out there. So maybe I'll be, you know, let, let me let me drive the bus today. That's all I get. Yeah. Anyway, you write going. down you, very detailed no, plot notes. points. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I just want to talk about it, and then you can do all the hard work, uh, like okay. every other podcast. So. so this is I'm gonna try to go through it a lot faster because it's a long movie, yeah. and it, it is um, very how long? What's the runtime on it? I think it's let like me, two and a half see. hours. Yeah, it, is it, it is it two and a half or three? I don't know which one. I think it's about two and a half. I don't think it's three. It felt like a long time to me. Right. Well, it felt like a long time to me the first time I watched it, too. And then I watched it again, and I realized that it was a lot shorter than how it felt the first time. Interesting. Well, this is the movie. I'm not gonna, I wrote down so many little notes and details. I'm just going to try to go through it quick. Basically, um, Edward Norton, uh, his character is never named. He's just the narrator in the credits. I, I called him Ed. Actually, he's, my notes. he's Jack. Well, that's what Edward Norton says, but there's no official say right. on any of that. But I called him Ed. Two hours and thirty-one minutes, by the way. Boom! I win. Um, so Edward Norton, the movie opens and he is tied to a chair, or just sitting in a chair. It's not clear, and stuff is about to blow up, and it's going to get crazy. And then it goes back in time. He's in yep. an office job. Uh, he's unhappy with his life. He can't sleep. And he ends up going to some support groups and starts to kind of like feed off of their emotion and their like pain. And like it, for whatever reason, it helps him sleep. So he becomes like addicted to this and he starts going to tons and tons of these support groups. Well, does he sleep at the beginning? I don't know. Like, is he, I thought he was still suffering from insomnia. I didn't watch the first part because I, I skipped. Yeah. So he today. isn't sleeping. And then he starts going to these things and he sli- starts sleeping again. Okay. So like they're like feeding off of these guys pain and stuff like that is like, right, right. Cathartic. Yeah, I didn't know if somehow. he was sleeping or yeah. Cause I, I, I'll bring it up later. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. 
So then this woman, Marla, starts coming to these groups, um, played by Bellatrix Lestrange, whose real name yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, that's that's the, the only way I've ever described her, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, she starts coming to all these groups, and she obviously is also faking because she is a woman and does not have testicular cancer. Um, so he starts to get, you know, ironically upset that she's coming to all these groups and faking. And they decide to split the groups up. Um, and she's just like this kind of like wild card. She's just like wild at heart. And she has, I wrote here, Marla has no fear of death and no regard for life. I like that. That's a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then Ed is on a plane. He meets Tyler, Tyler Durden. And Such he's a sitting, great scene. yeah, he's sitting next to him on the plane. And he's like Marley. He's kind of non-conforming. And they have this whole conversation, and it's just like, I mean, Tyler is just kind of irreverent about everything, and is like, well, whatever, I don't care, nothing matters, it's fine, I don't care, capitalism is bad. That's the short version. Um, So he goes home, Ed goes home, but his house got blown up, so he's like, well, dang it, Uh, my house got blown up. And at first he calls Marla, and then he chickens out, and he calls uh, Tyler... He meets Tyler at a bar, and they basically just talk for a really long time. They figure out that, uh, well, he's going to stay at Tyler's place, and then they just start fighting. They start punching each other. And well, okay, it's they don't just start fighting. They like Tyler asks him if he's ever hit anybody, and he's like, "I've never been in a fight either." And uh, so they both, they start fighting each other and they they just hit each other. Like they aren't mad at each other. They're just hitting each other and they're like, that was weird. And then it kind of moves on to the next thing. Well, it's, that was weird, but it's also, we should do this again sometime is an actual thing that that comes out of Edward Norton's character's mouth. Um, So there's this whole montage then of Tyler doing odd jobs and doing awful things at them, little stupid petty crimes. And then it gets to the brawling behind the bar. So they go to Tyler's house. It's this dilapidated old, uh, like, just garbage house that he's obviously just squatting in. He doesn't own this place. And uh, they continue to have this um, this fighting going on behind the bar. People start to take notice. Guys start to join them. And then eventually, boom, they start Fight Club. It's the Fight Club. It's underneath the bar. Guys can come and they can punch each other and there's no repercussions you just punch each other and you feel better about your problems and it's great and it's awesome and so then marla calls the house ed ignores her and then tyler picks up the phone and tyler and marla start hooking up it starts really bothering ed eventually all kinds of stuff gets crazy cops start investigating ed's apartment for arson uh, the then People keep joining the fight club. It keeps getting more and more, like, intense and larger and kind of crazier. And uh, let's see (coughs) where we at. Skip past a lot of these details that aren't super, super important. Great. So Tyler starts to send all the guys in the fight club off on all of these different homework assignments, these different tasks, these petty crimes, essentially. And, like, it's becoming this huge thing. People are starting to come and live in the house. It's becoming Project Mayhem instead of the Fight Club. Um, the, uh, all of the weird, c- 
crime, petty crime. It's really hard to describe. This is the really difficult one to. You really need to watch this movie. Yeah. It's even if you were to be able to to describe it, the the way that it's shot and the way that like, there's so many in in plot lines that you you have to just watch because some of them are only like visual some yeah. of them are you know auditory things like it's it's a it's a movie in in every sense of the word which i think is very cool yeah um and i'll talk about that later but but yeah there's so many nuances and that's like i was watching some summaries because we were we were like you know marshall rented it on amazon and we, i was going to watch it at the same time he did but it didn't work to like stream two copies. So at first I was just watching some synopses and stuff. And then I started watching like little clips of the movie and I was remembering like, shoot, this thing is, is so dang detailed. So I ended up just buying a copy cause it's like five bucks on Amazon mm. and uh, watching the rest of it because I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to like talk about this unless like you get into the narrative because no, no summation or like synopsis or like YouTube video or anything like that is going to substitute watching this movie. And it's not really one where each plot point can be boiled down since everything's so much up to personal interpretation. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a weird movie to summarize, you know. Yeah, definitely so, one you should watch if you watch any of them <laughs> so far in this. That said, gonna quickly finish this summary. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> so we're gonna get to the big spoiler here in a minute. So if you don't want to know that, don't listen. I guess. Yeah, go watch the movie before. Yeah, but I mean, you should uh, watch it before. Things start getting really, really crazy, start getting like over the top, really intense. Tyler's sending these guys out on all kinds of missions. They're getting more and more like higher level, like crime and stuff like that. And just like bigger things are happening in the background that uh, Edward Norton doesn't totally understand what's going on, doesn't really, maybe he's kind of blocking it out a little bit. And then it finally comes to a point where I think was kind of a breaking point of uh, Tyler threatens a man's life over his community college career and yep. justifies it by saying that he'll feel alive tomorrow like he never has before. And then Edward Norton's character the whole time is like, well, what? This, is, this isn't funny. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is too far, yeah. man. This is ridiculous. And then he goes through his whole thing of, well, tomorrow he's going to taste the pancakes and they're going to taste better than they've ever tasted and so on. And then the narrator, Edward Norton's character does the narration says you had to give it to him he had a plan and i'm like no you don't you don't have to give it to him that is not good that's like not a good thing that he just did you do right. you specifically should not give it to him and we'll we'll come back to that because there's a lot of that and there's some interesting fallout from this movie um right and uh but basically tyler has now built an army of these guys and his plan is to blow up all these credit card company buildings and just create total chaos and wipe out all the debt everywhere because that's his whole thing and right. you finally figure out that there is no tyler that edward norton has been tyler the entire time he's got this split personality thing going on and he figures that out for himself and tries to stop the plan from happening but it's too late and the plan happens and the iconic final scene is him and Marla up at the top of the building watching all of these buildings explode as the plan goes through. And he says, uh, you met me at a very strange time in my life. And then where is my mind starts playing. And now that's the stereotypical uh, thing that happens. So yeah, that's the movie. Which is like 0.01% of the movie. Yeah. But it's like the thing that people know. Right. I knew the twist going in. Okay. So I, I was going to ask you about that. Yes. So I, I don't know 
It's interesting because for me going into this, knowing that, it was very, it's very clear to me that Tyler was like obviously this repressed version of right. the narrator, that this was his like his violent urges made uh, made human, personified. And this was right. him creating this excuse to let it loose right. without taking any responsibility for it. And I wonder if that would have been clear at all if I didn't know that. Like, so, I did see, yeah. I didn't, I, I also know about, like, the flashes of, like, the single frame of Tyler, yep. which I guess kind of comes back in a funny way with his projectionist job and all that. It's kind of right. an in-joke with the movie itself, I suppose. And then it, it happens at the very end of the movie, so that's funny. Yeah. Um, but I specifically uh, noticed one of those. I know that it happens several times. Right. So, funnily enough, uh, me being a filmmaker boy, the first time that I watched it, uh, actually, I did not know the twist. Okay. I, I was very thankful uh, the person I was watching it with was like, okay, just I'm not going to tell you anything. Just go into it. Mm. Literally, I'm not going to tell you anything. Just watch it. So sure enough, we watch it. I actually caught all of the um, the, the, the frame inserts because, yeah. like, weirdly enough, my eyes just, like, like it knows those things. Yeah, so, like, it's, I would it's look at that pretty stuff obvious. Like, it's, like, Like, if you there. know what you're looking for, it's there. So, like, your average person who doesn't stare at weird footage for, like, you know, nine hours a day mm-hmm. probably wouldn't notice it. But when you're, when you're literally, like, fine-tuned like that so i it came I, I noticed all of them and i didn't know anything about the twist uh it actually de- it got me by surprise in the end but like i was wondering you know like is that part of it so the the experience of watching the movie that first time not knowing the twist i think is a lot different than if you watch the movie knowing the twist because i watched i that was one thing i was thinking about like what we watching it today and i can't remember if i've watched it before like again bef- like you know since the first time i watched mm-hmm. it it's either my second or third time watching it um but, you know, I was thinking about how much, how different of a movie it is, like, when you know the twist. And, like, I feel like you're really supposed to watch it twice. Because the first sure. time you, you go through that experience of, like, you know, see, like, feeling through it. And then the second time you go in and you see, okay, here's everything alluding to it. And here's all the symbolism. And here's, you know, it, it all seems a lot more connected when you know the twist. When you don't, it's, it's very disconnected. And, like, you're, like, you're trying to put that stuff together. And you're kind of along for the ride as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's literally, it's a movie about perspective in a way, like, and, and the whole bipolar thing, or the multiple personality, rather, like, um, that, that's, you know, it's, it's very interesting how they do that. And, like, again, it's super obvious when you watch it the second time that, you know, Tyler and uh, whatever, her, Ed, the witch from Harry Marla. Potter, <laughs> Marla, are never in the same room. And, like, he's just projecting he all of his He literally says out loud that they were never in the same room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and well, and then the second part of that being, he says out loud, he's like, it's like, it's just like, you know, when I was growing up, I'm relaying messages. Yeah. When in reality, that's, he's just relaying messages between like himself and Marla, mm-hmm. which is super weird to think about. So yeah, it's uh yeah, it, it, I don't know where, I don't know where we were going with that whole thing, but yeah, it, it, that's a, that's a great moment just out of many of that movie. Yeah. I, hmm, I have problems Okay. I want to hear your problems. Yeah, so go for it. This is and I think that I, I understand that part of this is just that like you can't help but watch this in twenty twenty and have like a different perspective. Because it's like the same thing with like w- the reason people think that Seinfeld isn't funny or original or anything like that right. is because mm-hmm. it because is it the original the whole... version of itself. 
and that everything right. since then has been Seinfeld. Or like Citizen Kane. Like you watch that and you're like, what like, the? Well, that's not very F? special, but but yeah, everything has not. been modeled after that from that point. So looking right. at Fight Club, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, it's just kind of like another movie from 1999 and it's just kind of like trying to be the cool edgy guy. But I think, and while partly that is true, there is a, definitely a portion of that that is how much this has been like copied and reproduced and everything. I actually wrote down yep. here, and this you'll you might debate me on this. I don't know. I think that this is basically the same movie as Joker if Joker was good or right. done well. Because I don't know that I liked this movie. I don't know that I enjoyed it. But I think that if they made Joker mm-hmm. and they had the same level of like quality and the same level of thought it's, put into it it would be story though in my opinion like i i know what you're saying there's a lot of parallels that can be driven or like drawn and like yeah i think there's some legitimate ones but i think if you look if you boil down what they're actually trying to say like what the what the message of the movie is what is the message of the completely movie? different the message is like who are you what 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 are you you're you know like you're you're defined by capitalism consumerism you're defined by the headphones that we have the microphones that we have we we we're you know that we have this illusion of choice so you know we both chose i mean this is technically your microphone but Mm. you know let's say we both bought this microphone we both chose this this one but they're both a microphone we're you know we're in this consumeristic society i have this these clothes and i chose this because it it, you know like at the beginning of of the movie he's like I used to look at Ikea catalogs and w- wonder which one most represented me. So, like, we're caught up in this whole, like, finding our identity and, and stuff and things and the people around us. And when you take all of that away, what are you? That's kind of, like, the weird reality the movie's looking at. I can see that, but also... It's all, yeah. That is Tyler Where, Whereas, Okay, but whereas the Joker is, like this dude like is sad and doesn't have any like any outlet for it and so he has a different reaction to that and goes and kills this like like he he is a broken artist this is like a weird like a like a businessman like some like a like a your every everyday guy you know what i mean there's nothing special about this about the main character that's that's what the whole thing is it's like this is you the like the whole movie is a giant like that's why you didn't like watching it because it's supposed to especially for guys the actual one of the reasons like i was watching and you know some clips researching this this morning and they were talking about like the writer was talking about that like there's no there's no media for for dudes like women have been getting all of this stuff where well think about it what, no, no what does no, no. that mean okay for for men there's no coming of there aren't there aren't many coming of age stories or like whereas for women there's like this huge push think about it though like modern modern day so the whole point of this movie is there's no world war ii what is our world war ii what what are it, it when you break it down what are we supposed to do like you and me in our generation, we are we we have no World War II to fight. We have no farms to build. We are completely out of our element as humans. When you actually boil it down, like we are meant, we are built on a physiological level to find shelter, to frick, to you know build, get power, and that's what this movie is boiling it down to. It, it's exposing like the the true innate desires of of men, like. But that's not necess- That is not inherently not, a good thing. Like right, Tyler Durden the and the message that, of the movie the is not a good thing. None yeah. of this. It, it's supposed to be that, parody of itself. That's the Fight Club thing. But what yeah. you are repeating is Tyler Durden's message as gospel. 
Right. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that's what the movie is but saying. But you have it's saying been. confront this. No, the, there's no. You're not supposed to have a takeaway from it. Like, there's no concrete like anything to this movie. That's kind of the point. Like, like everything from like Jack not being nailed down as like the narrator, like all of that weird lore and stuff. There, there's not supposed to be an answer. You're supposed to be able to paint yourself inside this movie. You like the there's so much nondescript about like everything about uh, whatever the main character, whatever we're calling him, uh, his actor's name. But like it, he is literally literally just supposed to be the everyman, and Tyler Durden is supposed to be the repressed version of, of every dude. The thing that you want to do when you whenever you're driving and you want to say f you to the person in front of you that cut you off, like that is what Tyler Durden's supposed to be. And it's exposing that in reality, we're we're told to like suppress this because it it's bad and it, it is bad. But you have like you have to deal with it. You can't just like put it away. You know what I mean? You have to be able to embrace it and like live with that. Sure. The fallout of that is that there is a whole like generation of people that miss the message of that. This is oh, not 100%. the idea that this is not what it is. Yeah. That it is supposed no. to be self parody. Yeah. And I, I, I that's what I'm saying. It's it's a it's a narrative. It's a story like we're buying into the story for this. And storytelling is just like, you know, the message is, is what I'm saying. That's like the way is, what is supposed to get you to think about. I'm saying within the movie within the narrative within the story that's that's what i'm saying i'm not i'm not saying this should be applied to real life at all what i'm saying it, it, like the same thing you're saying it's a very exaggerated version of real life events or real life feelings or something they're they're literally just trying to get a, a message or a point across i feel like this, with this movie it's also from a book so they're having to fit in a lot which i think they do in a in a very interesting way i haven't read the book mm-hmm. and I, I think i want to because i i don't think really any movie can nail like a book they're the author said mediums. this is a better version really yeah okay but I feel like this this story also <laughs> lends itself very well to a visual, like telling itself visually. You know what I mean? Because like in a book, you have to imagine all this stuff, but visually, you can just te- like you can show Tyler Durden and like what he's doing. Like a lot of this movie is is show not tell. You know. And, uh, and on I mean, there's literally a narrator that describes everything that's happening for most of the movie. Right. So but I would like, argue that it what... is a lot of tell and not show. But what Tyler, but like the whole, like at the end of it, there's no telling you what's going on. It's showing you that this thing has become, Fight Club has become bigger than one person and bigger than himself. And he has no control over it. Mm-hmm. So it's, and then the literally the last part of the movie is just showing and not telling. Like you don't know, you don't actually know what's going to happen. Like there's, you're not quite sure, like you don't have any actual confirmation besides him like going and seeing all that stuff or until you see that all that stuff that those buildings are gonna are gonna blow up and then you don't even know what's gonna happen after that like there's no resolution to anything in the movie besides the buildings blowing up Mm -hmm. besides like the plan going through yeah i think my problem with all this is just that like there is and i think unfortunately like this movie has kind of perpetuated it is just this culture of like men not being like comfortable talking about like their feelings and being in like an emotional mental space or like or like like glorified it you mean like giving it like a well because so this is right i'll explain so basically like the beginning of the movie he goes to the support group and it's all these guys that are being very open and they're like doing what you do in a support group and they're being open and they're talking about it but the way that they're portrayed is as like these just losers who are just crying babies and they should just man up and quit being dumb like that. And then the rest of the movie is, well, we're going to punch each other because there's no other way to feel good about ourselves. 
and while the right. Edward Norton character still like he sort of turns okay, around what? on that. Oh, yeah, hold on, yeah, he Sorry, sort yeah. of turns around well, on that. that. It doesn't redeem itself in any way. That doesn't yeah. change what it's been telling you up to this point. And while the message of the movie isn't that necessarily, that is right. what came across for so many people. And it's like that's why men's mental health is still a huge issue. So then, like, mm-hmm. this movie is like the quintessential we're guys and we're so cool and edgy and we punch each other and I, it's great. And I don't, it's, I don't see, see you don't is, see yeah, it that way, and that's where, not the point, and that's not the uh, message. No, no, no. I, I don't, but that I don't is necessarily what not it see it that like. way. I don't necessarily have the same problem that you do with that. Mm hmm. I, I think that like there's a, an attack on masculinity just in general culture, and this movie is it, it's it's like pointing that out in a way. Like it's it's not saying what is masculinity. What you're saying is absolutely well. What I'm not I'm not here to answer that. What I'm saying is <laughs> well, this. Like, how can you argue this point if you don't have a definition? Well, that, that that's the whole point of this movie. Like, well, then how do you how are you arguing anything? What is this whole argument? That's the whole point of this. Like, literally, like what what defines right and wrong? What defines male and not male or whatever it is? Like. You know what I mean? There, then, then there's no point. If you want to, if you want to, like, say, th- then, then you have the, I don't know. Th- then you're going down a whole different path with that. Mm-hmm. Like this, this, like the, the thing is, there's an attack on masculinity right now, and it's if you want to, like, the what this movie confronts is guys like hitting dudes. Like, you know, we just, it's, it's a different thing. Like you, I, I, this is something that I, I don't think that you have as much of, but I definitely do. Like, I could go like fight a dude and like beat the shit out of him, and or excuse me be you know like literally like go as hard as i could and then like walk away and be fine see him at work the next day and that's what this movie is like the weird unspoken thing like the, i think this movie has a lot of unspokens in it that you you just have to have like been around that to understand it so it's a it's a it, there's a lot of there's so much hidden meaning that's what i mean like it's so hard to summarize this movie and everyone takes something different from it and i think that's one of the cool parts of how this movie's put together is that it's so open yet it guides you down yet it gets its idea across but it lets you interpret it how you want to interpret it and i think that's why what's getting like what what's so cool about it is that we have that differing opinion on it it's like you know like we both took two different things from this like you're seeing this is like the toxic representation of like masculinity which i think it definitely is like you shouldn't be going around blowing up buildings and you know beating people up every day but it speaks to that innate desire of us to like want to go fight in world war ii or like i don't want to beat people up and fight in world war ii it given the choice i would oh given the choice i would specifically not go fight in world war ii what no that's what that's what the whole point of this movie is you don't know that about yourself i do know that about myself because i know myself you've never been no you've never been in world war ii you've never and i never will be listed that's the point that's the whole point of this movie the first part of this movie where he beats him up he says punch me that's it right there. It's saying F you to all your insecurities. You don't know until you've been there how you would act. I don't. I could say, oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go beat the crap out of all these people. Like when the next World War Three comes, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to. But until you're in that moment, until it's you versus the other guy and one of you is going to die, you don't know about yourself. You don't know what you're going to do. When you have no other option, that's when it, that's what that's what defines you as a man. That's that's where integrity, courage, all of those attributes that everyone talks about. That's where they come out. When you have no other option, you have no other option. Right. That's not a choice. But how are you going to respond? Are you going to go beat the, the crap out of that guy because, like, you don't have an option? Or are you going to cower and run away? It's, it's fight if or there's flight no, If down. there's not another option, there's not a, another option. Okay, what are you fine. talking about? What I'm saying is you're, you're on the battlefield or you're, you're in a scenario where it's life or death. 
and like what how do you do how do you handle that situation that's what defines if i'm in a scenario where it's life and death it's life and death these guys are choosing to beat each other up in a basement because they want to feel better about themselves right but that's that's the deep thing that they're tapping into it gives them this is what what he's saying is this is their world war ii this is what for 10 minutes but it's not like they're the bet like yeah world war ii was a major battle it was a big thing it was a thing about virtue it was a thing about morals this is guys beating each other up because they're well, losers and they feel bad about themselves. It it, it, it's, it's the, it's the, There's no the moral basic... to beating guys up in a basement because you want to feel the... better. Right. That's the thing. That's though. not that's, their that's World War II. No, but like that, like the, the, like the innate desire to like, I don't know, like to actually like fight and like just see what you're made of. You know what I mean? That's what it, that's what it is. Guys are testing themselves. Like boys inherently test themselves. They look for to their dads for like affirmation so like when you're when you're climbing a cliff with your dad and he says good job that means a lot more to, to like a dude or like a like a, a, a boy than it's going to mean to a lot like a, a a girl like they 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 look at i mean it's not everything obviously you know i blanket statements whatever but more so than ever or like more than more than not a guy's a, a boy's going to take that a lot more seriously from their dad than a girl would take that and i think that's a huge thing that's not emphasize in society enough is like finding your worth so if you've never been given a direction if you never had worth if you've never had like anything to like go by then what's what's the point why why try why do anything so that's that's what this movie is he realizes he has he has nothing tyler shows him that his ikea life his, his capitalism consumeristic life it has no value and brings him nothing and then he's left with what what do i do from there and to cope with that then he brings in Tyler Durden to do what he wants to do, but has too much like like you know sense to do. So Tyler Durden is a thing that's in all of us that we don't let out because like we have like that's it's almost like you could take it back to like this could be you know it could be part of like the curse or what is inherently wrong like you know going back to like creation and and sin and stuff like that you know like this is I I want to I almost want to like read I mean I'm not sure it, this isn't doesn't really have much to do with like you know. Fight Club the movie, but I want to like read the verse and like look at like like the affliction. I because you know like it's the toil by you know your hands or something like that. And, like you're gonna be you're gonna have pain when you work the fields and stuff like that. You know, whereas women have a different curse and like you look at those and how they inherently shape society and like deep down the fundamentals of every person. And it's kind of odd. Like you can actually like look at it and be like, oh yeah, I see that a lot. And so I'm curious if that's like part of our part of what's wrong inherently with you know men like we're not no nobody's perfect that's kind of the whole thing it's like this is looking at the deep gritty dirty part that we don't want to admit to ourselves that that's kind of the whole thing of this movie it's like yeah every every like the the hypothesis is every guy secretly has this but they're not they're not man enough to or not man enough like they don't know themselves well enough to admit it and so like that's the whole point of this movie he doesn't know himself well enough to admit that he's doing all these things that he wouldn't like to do. Like he, he looks at uh, Bellatrix Lestrange and is like, ah, oh, who would, who would want that yet secretly? Cause, because he, he's too good for it. But like secretly he's like, he wants that. He wants that relationship, but he's too afraid to do anything about it. You know what I mean? So Tyler does all that stuff. He sets all those things up. And then that's, that's, I feel like more what this movie is exploring, you know, instead of like men want to fight and they don't know how to deal with emotions. It's like, we deal with emotions differently. Here's just something you can empathize with and open the conversation with, you know? Hmm. I don't know. What's your take? What's your, what's your, I don't know. I think if it is trying to explore these issues so 
delicately and so sensitively sensitively it, it, it i don't know that it succeeds necessarily in doing that because the lasting mm-hmm. impression of fight club has not been that right well i, I guess i yeah and i i guess i look at I, I don't literally look at like movies like everyone like what the general consensus is i just kind of watch them and then take what i get from it um that's i mean that's something that i do a lot differently than i think most people sure i've noticed and i get that but in the conversation of is it succeeding at the message that it's trying to portray that is what you have to look at yeah then you can have that conversation right okay well i i think yeah then then you could definitely argue that it's been taken in the wrong way like i i I think my impression of fight club was way different until i watched it for my and like had my own opinion on it like i I think before i'd watched it i kind of had the same like pre you know like i i thought kind of like this is a weird like cringy movie that people like hang posters up and make jokes about all the time. Mm. First rule of Fight Club. I thought it was a comedy or something. Like I didn't know. Uh, a lot of the then, IMDb trivia was talking about like what scenes got laughs and stuff, and I was like, this is not funny at all. There was nothing. Yeah. I didn't laugh at anything in this movie. No, it, I don't think you're. It's not a comedy. Except for the idea before actually seeing it, just the idea of Edward Norton beating himself up in a parking lot when those two guys first come out. <laughs> That kind of made me chuckle to myself, but that's not the intended <laughs> idea. And again, there. <laughs> I think within the, within the narrative, it's it's a completely different scene. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you have to take the movie at its full. Like that's why I'm saying watch it. Like watch the movie, have your own like like put project yourself on it. See where you end up on it. See what like really resonates with you. Because I feel like that's what's so cool about this movie is that you can almost like watch it giving or like watch it at different. Uh, times and like have different perspectives on it and see different parts of it kind of like the chronicles of narnia like how you're supposed to read them at like 12 20 and like 40 or something hmm. well <coughs> how, how far into the podcast are we uh almost an hour oh nice okay josh uh, wants me to help him with some couches in like 10 minutes well so we'll see about that so let's open up the notes again that was, a, that was a good little discussion. I feel like that's the best discussion we've had about a movie so far. So that's Fight Club. I'm Fight excited. Club, yes or no? Oh, definitely yes. I, I loved it. I say no. Um, really? Whoa, whoa, whoa. First no on the show. You, you, you did, okay, what, 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 what was like the thing you didn't like the most? Like if you had to like put like a reason of like why I didn't like this movie. I think this is like, it's the same reasons that I don't like Joker, really. Like it just like... Uh, I don't really think that it does what it's trying to do successfully. And I don't think that like it's got cool visual style and it's it's very clever and it's dialogue and stuff like that. I just don't think that it succeeds in the message that it's trying to portray. And I just, I didn't care. I I don't, I'm never going to watch it again because I don't care about it. I don't care to do it. So is like, Okay, I'm I'm so confused because I had the total like opposite reaction. Like I, I I legitimately like so. Okay, are you talking like overall in the grand scheme of things, or like you personally? Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> like like are you like what perspective are you kind of like? Was that from? Is it like like overall it didn't get the message across, or like you didn't understand what it was trying to say? No, not, I not, I know like what it was way. saying. I know what it thought it was trying to say. Well, what what is that to you is what I'm asking. Well, like, because it is ultimately, it is self-parody. Like, it is trying to show that, like, this is ridiculous and this is over the top and this isn't what you should do and everything. But just, like, the message that has been portrayed is we're the cool guys who beat each other up in the basement. 
Okay, so here's what's happening. I think I feel like you're taking it black and white. Like this says it it shows people beating up, so that's what this movie is about. Like that's that's what this idea is. And like I don't think I think there's more nuance to it than that. Yeah, I think that's there's like a lot of nuance, and there's a lot of what the message like legit under what like there's a lot of story that's really really cool in the Star Wars prequels. You know, there's a really interesting story underneath all that. But it wasn't right. executed, and it didn't work out. And for uh, me, well, that's I still enjoy the it didn't work in the because end. of that story, like because of all those things. Like I went in and filled all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like doing the research into it. Yeah, so that's but I want to read. The book I want to so watch like... a movie and have the movie be the movie. I don't want to watch a movie think, well, that was empty, and then have to read three novels about well, why it's I, good. I, I thought there was so much going on that I wanted to like make sure I got everything. You know what I mean? Like that. Like there, I felt like there was so much that went over my head the first time that I just didn't even like understand. Then the, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think was taking, maybe if you know the twist, though. Mm, I was taking a lot of detailed notes the entire time. I was looking at all the. I've read a lot of and things and all kinds of. I, I just don't have interest in going back to it, and I don't know that I would necessarily suggest it to someone. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, our first major different opinion on the podcast. We love to see it. Yeah. Um. It's time for everyone's favorite segment. What is that? IMDb trivia. Oh boy. People actually really, really like apartment <laughs> news. But this is IMDb oh, really? trivia. Yeah. Um, oh, F you. My segment's better. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's fight in the basement. Yo, can we get a, can we get a <laughs> thumbs up in the chat if you like my apartment news? If, if Ben gets more apartment likes, then I'm gonna, we're going to fight in the basement. And Every thumbs up on this video means that you like apartment news We're going to fight in the basement so much that one of us won't exist in real life anymore. <laughs> that's what the movie's about um (laughs) it's about guys who punch each other so hard they stop existing (laughs) (laughs) i don't which hey if you if you kind of contort it that kind of fits that kind of fits if if you take it talking about (laughs) they never fight each other no it's it's these guys that are they're punching each other so hard that then their repressed selves their old selves go away and now they're all part of project mayhem boom Uh, look how i'm philosophical okay so here's imdb trivia (laughs) (laughs) um when the narrator hits tyler durden in the ear edward norton actually did hit brad pitt in the ear he was originally going to fake hit him but before the scene david fincher director of the film pulled norton aside and told him to hit him in the ear after Norton hit him in the scene, you can see him smiling and laughing while Pitt is in pain. <laughs> so that's great. I mean, Throughout the film, Tyler Durden can be seen to wear blue, blue light blocking glasses, uh, used, commonly used by insomniacs to filter out blue light, which is detrimental to the production of melatonin, a chemical essential for sleep. That I thought was right. really cool. That is really uh, clever and interesting because like he becomes there's the line at one point of like how have i been going to bed early and staying up late have i been tyler longer in the day right and like his insomnia isn't insomnia it's him being tyler so that's interesting it's not without its merits there's really cool interesting things in here i just didn't like it overall generally right right, right. um i like that though bob wears a shirt during his fights despite one of the eight rules being you are not allowed to wear shirts or shoes during fights this was because Meatloaf's fat suit had to be covered during these scenes. I did know that, actually. Take that, Meatloaf. Plus, I don't want to see any, any man boobs. Let's be honest here. Well, uh, when Tyler and the narrator are on the bus, the long-haired guy pushes past Tyler without a word and then says, excuse me, as he pushes past the narrator. I thought about this when... I didn't think specifically about this exact like word-for-word exchange, but like when that guy goes through them, I was like... 
oh there had to be something there that was that was a weird inclusion which which part hold on it's like they're on they're on a bus and they're on like either side hanging on to the thing and then someone just like pushes their way through them and it was just like kind of weird and sudden it was like well there has to be something deeper there so so i guess that's just the first clue probably that tyler isn't a real guy um much confusion exists around fans about the narrator's name. Many believe it is Jack due to the use of the phrase I am Jacks, etc. Uh, but others argue that he only uses the moniker Jack because that was the one he saw in Annotated Reader. Interestingly, the press packages released for the movie, which came in the form of an Ikea-esque catalog, the character is referred to as Jack as he is on the back of the DVD. And in the booklet accompanying the DVD, where the chapter list is referred to as Jack's chapters, also... This original screenplay by Jim Ools refers to him as Jack, and on the other hand, in closed captions for the film, he is referred to as Rupert. Edward Norton Weird. reveals that he refers to the character as Jack on the audio commentary on the DVD and Blu-ray. Hmm. <clears throat> the scene where the this is my last one. The scene where the narrator's it's like the boss. Thing. Hmm? It's like the Greedo thing. Who shot first? McClunky. Um, the scene where the narrator's boss finds the rules of Fight Club in the photocopier. And the narrator points out that whoever wrote it is obviously dangerous and might one day storm through the building shooting everyone proved to be a highly controversial scene for the filmmakers. Really? What a surprise. Um, in early test screenings, the Who scene cares? got huge laughs. Yeah. What? And scored extremely highly with audiences. Yeah, it's really funny when a man who is very downtrodden and repressed threatens to shoot up his entire office. That's hilarious and not entirely yeah. a likely situation that could happen. So, so funny. However... These screenings happened before the Columbine Massacre. In all screenings after Columbine, the scene uh, evoked no laughter whatsoever and scored extremely poorly, with audiences commenting that they felt it was in bad taste. That's because it always was. Um, I don't know, man. Why not? And it's, not you know, supposed to be, like, but... It's a movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in bad taste on purpose. Yeah. It's doing something. This prompted it's the studio the to ask dra- director David Finch to cut the scene altogether. Fincher considered doing so, but the scene leads into the pivotal Marla breast cancer scene. Yeah. So he decided that it couldn't be cut. It it's dumb to cut it. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's. I think it would have been really stupid if if they would have had to cut. I that. don't know that it really would have taken anything away necessarily, but also yeah. But like, it it's a movie. Matter. Like, have the, uh, the suspension of disbelief to realize that it's not real life, and you can figure it out. Yeah, I just I don't think it would really matter either way if they took it out or didn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, like, okay, whatever. It's just like, why, who cares that it's in there? Who cares that it's out of there? Just they did it. It's out it of there. It's decision. in there. Let's get the day. That's what director David Fincher sounds like. Just kidding. He sounds nothing like that. Are you gonna look up that's his voice in my, in my house? Okay. No. Um, well, that is the end of the thing. Uh, we've given our scores. Uh, so it's time for our final segment, Ben. What you been? What's what you been getting into, yo? Uh, not much. Playing some some Warzone. Uh, getting kicked out of all the good squads. So, <laughs> yep. that's pretty much that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, playing B Squad with Marshall. It's been great. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Ben, Ben, and Marshall. <laughs> it's a good time losing all the time. Um, well, yeah. I uh been longboarding a bit, and my legs are. Oh, yeah. A bit much right now. I might Leaf be legs. biking later today, so that'll be a whole situation in itself. Um, I finished Community. 
Very good ending. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did do that. I thought the ending was very good. I liked it a lot. Season four was season four. It was fine. I didn't think it was that bad, but I could definitely tell that Dan Harmon was gone. And now that it's getting all this buzz because it's on Netflix, it's getting a lot of thought. People are thinking that it's a lot more likely that we are going to get the six seasons and a movie. And Dan Harmon has even alluded to that. Okay, rank these endings. uh, Rank these endings. The Office, Parks and Rec, Community... Psych. They're all very good. Yeah, but so I don't. <clears throat> I, one of them that I don't like is Psych. I think that was a horrible ending. I, I didn't like. It yeah, at all. I would go. Mm, I just really like the monk reference in the finale. I think that's really fun. Right. But okay, here's my issue with yeah. it. The whole damn series is in Santa Barbara. Yeah. And for the last episode, it's not. Like, come on. The one time we do all the tropes again, like, it's the last episode. Just throw all the fan service at us. Like, take us to Santa Barbara, do a little <laughs> stupid episode around Santa Barbara, find all the old people that you met. It's all happy and sad. If it was san- fan service, you'd hate it more. Yeah. I, I would I say... It, it felt stupid. Uh, number one, Parks and Rec. Number two, Community. Number three, The Office. Number four, Psych. Okay. I like the jump yeah, into the future I, 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 that Parks I think and I would Rec agree does. With that. I haven't seen Community, the end of it, but the other three I would agree on how you ranked them Solid. relative to each other. Um, but yeah, finished Community. It was a good time. Been getting into Animal Crossing still. And I started watching The Wire because I decided I need the to continue Wire. getting my uh, money's <laughs> worth out of uh, HBO, <laughs> which I technically not because that is one of the series that they have available for free right now because of COVID-19. Ooh. I did say COVID. Send me the login. There's a joke behind that. Um is it, so we don't get demonetized. Is it, it logged in on the the funny the 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 game grumps. I don't know if I told you about this. I was watching a game grump episode. I don't remember what it was, but they. Uh, oh, couches are here. Hold on, this might be the end of the podcast. Wait, go ahead. But uh, they started doing a episode, and Dan almost said something about it, and then Aaron was like, "Oh, you can't talk about it, or else you get demonetized." Like, what? Right. That's crazy. How like how do you not talk about that? All that, so on, so forth. So they have been talking about it. They've been referring to it as the Backstreet Boys uh, reunion tour, which is a real thing that's kind of happening. So now, like, it's been, like, a month or more, and they still, like, talk about, well, because of the Backstreet Backstreet Boys reunion tour and all that. And, like, (laughs) we really don't want people to go to the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. And, like, it's, it's really funny. And they did an episode with Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz, and they were also <laughs> talking about it in that way. That's amazing. It was hilarious. Yeah. It's great. But I started The All Wire. Right, it's well, good. Uh, uh, well, I am... I guess uh, say goodbye to the people. I am at uh, Parish underscore art on Instagram, as well as The Great Scub Do on Twitch and YouTube. Do some Twitch streams every once in a while. It's been a while, but we might get back to it at some point. Let's do one tonight. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, ben, see where tonight. are you on the internet? We'll do something. Where can people find you? Well, oh, uh... Just I'm only putting my TikTok out 2020. Uh, ben with a lens. That's you know find me. Cool, very cool. All right, and that's the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, d- uh, if you want to fight fight your boys, uh, don't make sure to do it in the basement. I'm, I'm and don't the tell me about call. it. The show is over. It is done. I have had a little bit of fun. My name is... No, it's over. Okay.